man, we love them, we love them. Hallelujah. So we found out that dating, the opposites attract. When you get married, the opposites attack. They get on each other. And uh, I think we've all seen that one way or another. Uh, and when we're dating, we tend to overlook some things because we're in love. Because, you know, they say love is all we need, right? I mean, that's all I need. We love each other. That's all we need. That is so stupid. That is stupid. I don't even know why somebody, why do we believe that lie is all we need is love? When I pull up to get me a hot cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and I just say, you know, I got love. They say, well, you ain't getting no coffee. Everything in life don't come with just love, okay? And neither does your marriage. Okay, you're going to have to work. Your relationships, you're going to have to work if you want that, that relationship to be what you desire for it to be. You know, maybe there's some in here, you know, you're the saver. Who's the saver in the family? Saver? Sa who's a spender? Who likes to spend like crazy? Man, I love spending money. Man, come on, man. Y'all. <laughs> How about punctual? You like to be on time every time? <laughs> there we go, right there. Don't do it. I like it. That's right. Okay. Who's kind of flexible with their schedule? You're a little flexible. Okay, all right. All right. Who's organized in the house? You organized. Half, maybe. Okay, well, who is, uh, who's creative? <laughs> that means you're, you're messy, okay? I like messy. I don't like my clothes being somewhere where I don't know they're at. And if they come out of the dryer and I put them on a bed, you know what? I know they're going to be there. Because most of the time, those clothes that I pull out of the dryer, I'm wearing all the time anyway. Why do I want to go put them with some other clothes i got to dig through to get to? And Brandon's thinking, you're crazy. I don't even like listening to you right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, whoo, he's starting to sweat over there, man. Come on. And we got a couple getting ready to get married, too. He's getting married in a couple weeks, man. Come on. Hallelujah. We got a church that's going crazy up here, man. Nah, we're just doing, getting pregnant, getting married. Hallelujah. It's good. It's good. It's funny when we're dating, we're in love, but when we get married, we think what went wrong and why are we struggling so much? As followers of Christ, we have goals in marriage that look different than the world. Okay, you have goals that are different. I mean, the world has one way of looking at it. We have another way. We have looked at several things that we believe to be very important in having a successful marriage. Week one, we talked about being Christ-centered. You've got to have Christ in the center of your marriage. You've got to have Christ in the center of your business, of your job, of everything you do. That is a goal that we have as Christ followers, to have Him front and center of what we do. The second week, we talked about being mission-driven. We want to be Christ-centered, mission-driven. That means we want to be unity. We want unity in the marriage. We want to, that be our mission, that we're going to stay in unity. And then we want to also be devil-kicking. How many of you know the devil does not want your relationship to make it? You know, a lot of people said that, you know, the very first wedding is where? It was in the garden. It was in Genesis, chapter 2, chapter 3. Talked about God joining the man, brought the woman to man, and those two became what? One. So you had God, you had man and woman in the garden. Who else did you have in the garden? So there was really four that attended that wedding. And how many of you know those four attend every wedding? That the enemy wants in your relationship as bad as God wants in your relationship. Because he wants to destroy what God joins together. He's always been that way. So, man, we got to really be devil kicking. We got to kick him out. Today, I want to talk about being covenant keeping. And this is not a really popular thing. And a lot of times, we don't really even talk about covenant anymore in our generation or in our, our culture. 
okay? But I want to talk about it. And, um, you know, Matthew 19 says it this way. Matthew 19, 3 says, The Pharisees also came to Jesus, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Sounds like them Pharisees trying to look for a way out. Hey, man, I got a bad marriage. Man, can I get out of this thing? Because these were the teachers of the law. They knew what Moses wrote. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. I really want to talk about this, and we're going to really get into detail here in just a minute about what this looked like in their culture, because it don't look like that in this culture, okay, at all, all right? Marriage in America has been reduced to two people just shacking up together. It has. We have reduced marriage to really nothing, and it's not supposed to be that way. It was always meant to be two lives coming together in covenant, and we're going to look at that. A few weeks ago, we talked about what God unites, the devil schemes to divide. He's always trying to get at you. He's always trying to get in there and get you separated. From the minute you say, I do, he's beginning to work you to get you in opposite ends of the house, to get you fighting and struggling in your finances, in every area of your life. He's trying to, and he's trying to do that with relationships on your job too, people. At school, your job, it don't matter. The devil is trying to wheeze his way in to cause division and cause problems in, in, in your relationships. What does it mean to be covenant-keeping in our relationship? Before we look at that truth, I want to look at three different approaches to marriage. These are three different approaches to marriages that are pretty popular in our culture today. The first one is the casual approach. Marriage is just a piece of paper. Then there's number two, contractual approach, which is marriage is just a contract. Then there is the covenantal approach, which is marriage is a holy covenant established by God. Let's start with a casual approach. This approach here is people that just say marriage doesn't matter. It's just a piece of paper. Might get married, might not. Whenever we have a casual approach to marriage, we will have a casual approach to sex. Okay? I mean, I'm telling you, we have reduced what was, so, what was something that was so powerful in Genesis to really just about nothing, okay? It's so casual and loose today, it's just sad. Then the thinking will go something like this. Since marriage isn't that big of a deal, sex is not, big, not, not that big a deal, hey, why don't we just move, to, move in together? It's convenient, we'll save money. Hey, we'll test things out before we say I do. Because we love each other and we already are married in our hearts. I've heard that. Oh, yeah, we're just, you know, we've been together six or seven years, so we're really technically already married. Says who? <laughs> See, men come up with these ideas. And then we begin to believe the lie that it's okay to go do married things, okay, and not be married because the world says it's okay. Again, are you taking your advice from the world or are we going to live out what God said? Because, see, God blesses His way. He don't bless your way. He don't bless the world's way. So if you want the blessing of God on your life, then guess what? you got to do it His way. And it starts whether you're single, whether you're married right now. Look, we want to take this thing serious. Amen? Let's do married things without commitment, the commitment of actually being married. What's this look like? Move in together. You bring your toothbrush. 
You bring your shoes and your clothes. You maybe bring your TV and your laptop. And we're all going to live in the same place. We're just going to live together. Well, now we're practicing marriage because we're living together. But something don't work out. So I grab my toothbrush and my tennis shoes and my laptop and my TV. Then now let's practice divorce. Now I'm just going to leave and I'm going to practice divorce. Okay? And then I'm going to go out and then I'm going to start looking around again. Then I'm going to find somebody else. Get to talking to them, spend a little time with them. And then when we get my toothbrush and my shoes and my laptop and my TV and this, or they're bringing theirs. And then we just repeat the cycle over and over again. And that's the way the world is living predominantly. Marriages are down in a lot of places. Okay? They need to be up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Marriage, no big deal. Trying things out. Maybe work, maybe not. Problem with the casual approach is we, we play married and then we also practice deserve. Divorce. So that's the number one way. Number two is the contractual approach. The problem with a contract, and, and again, there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying that there's totally wrong with actually signing a piece of paper because I know, I think in Georgia, you sign a marriage license. You know, it's, it's a commitment. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we just look at it as like it's a contract, if that's all that marriage is, is this. What is a contract based on? A contract is based on mutual distrust. When you sign a contract to buy a car, it's because they don't trust you. <laughs> they don't know you. So you're going to sign a contract. You're going to buy a house. You're going to sign a contract. Why? Because they don't trust you. They don't know you. So a contract is based on mistrust. And, um, well, a contract is generally temporary, meaning until you pay up or until a certain amount of time expires, and a contract is almost always to protect the rights of the person signing and to limit their responsibility. A contract holds one accountable to the commitment agreed upon. This is not a good approach to marriage. A contractual approach says as long as you deliver, I'm in. As long as you don't betray me, you don't hurt me, I'm in. But the minute you do something you shouldn't do that breaks the contract that I have with you, I'm out of here. So that's not a good way. It's not a good way to look at it. Wouldn't y'all say amen? That's not a good way to look at it. You know, there's just a contract. Well, the third way, and this is where I want to land real quick, is the covenantal approach. So we have the casual approach, the contractual approach, and then we have the covenantal approach. The covenantal approach is not based on mutual distrust. It's not temporary. It's not motivated by self-interest. A covenant is based on mutual commitment, mutual trust. Unconditional commitment motivated by a sacrificial love for the other. The word covenant comes from an Old Testament Hebrew word, and it means a cutting. Whenever you see a covenant established, there was a shedding of blood. The Old Testament, if two people were going to enter into a covenant, they would either get a bull or they would get like seven lambs. That was kind of like their tradition. What they would do, and we're just going to use the bull, they would take that bull and then they would cut the bull in half. And then they would lay the bull apart. Now, obviously, you know this is bloody, okay? Then what they would do is they'd walk around the actual bull seven times, kind of like completion, okay? It's completing the deal. They'd walk around that bull seven times. And what they were really, in essence, saying, that if I don't live up to my agreement with you, let what happened to this bull happen to you. That's how serious it was. I mean, it was a big deal in that day. And it was something that they held out really important. Okay, in the Old Testament, a Hebrew wit, a wedding, the priest would occasionally take the hands of the bride and the groom and make a little cut 
so that the blood would emerge, and then he would take their hands and join them together to allow the blood to mingle. Then he would tie their hands together to show that the two are becoming one. Then the bride and groom would exchange covenant vows before family and friends. See, they're, they're right here is showing that they're, because, they're, they're, you know, the, the life of the body is in the what? The blood. So he's got these hands tied together like this so the blood can mingle, in essence, saying they're becoming one. Then they say their vows. That's why it's so important to do your vows between, before God and man and your friends. It's important not just to run down to the courthouse and just get a piece of paper from some Joe Blow that ain't got a clue what's going on. It ain't, it, listen, it's not about, well, I just want to be with you. No, 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 no. I want to be with you. I want to be with God. And I want to kick the devil out of our relationship. It's a big deal. And going public, it just, it really is a big deal. So he'd have their hands tied together. They would say their vows, okay? They would say their vows. Then they would depart to a bride chamber. Or we would just say a Hyatt Regency suite. So they leave the party and they go to the suite and then the virgin groom would enter the virgin bride, and a shedding of blood would happen. I'm not going to go into detail. Physically become one. See, they have said their vows before God, so spiritually they've become one. Now they go and they lay together. Now physically they become one. Do you see the process here? This is God's way of doing this thing. Okay? And then... Um, this would seal their marriage both spiritually and physically. The two would become one flesh. Covenantal approach to marriage. And the really neat thing about that is, is those two young, you know, bride and groom, they would actually, after they did their vows, they would actually leave and go to the suite, and the party would be waiting on them to get back. <laughs> that would be weird. You come walking back, obviously you got a little bit more pep in your step. <laughs> You know, and it probably wouldn't be long before you was back. Maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Woo! Hallelujah! Here we go. Glory to God. Y'all look good. Y'all look good. Now, but I mean, this was their ceremony, and it was a big, big deal. What I hope you will understand is that marriage matters. Marriage matters to God, and marriage should matter to us. So does the gift of lovemaking. It is a gift. Marriage is a gift to us. And maybe you're in this room, and you say, well, Nathan, you know what, man? I have messed up in this area. Okay. Join the world. <laughs> we have all messed up. Okay. The good news about Jesus is he will forgive you and he will restore you physically and spiritually. He can restore you back to square one. That's the great news about God. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a person that lies all the time and I go and ask God to forgive me, what does he do? He forgives me. And he remembers it no more. If I go to God and I've been having sex with every woman in the neighborhood. And I ask God to forgive me. I'm asking you God to, to return to me my virginity. Return to me my, my physical you know, uh, uh, purity. Would God be able to do that? Yes he can do that. The lie of the enemy is when you do mess up. That you're no good. You're worthless. You've done missed it. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And don't you ever believe it. Your God, my God, your daddy, my daddy made these bodies. He made this. So if there's any tweaking that needs to be done, he can tweak that body. Why? Because he's the creator of the body. 
So yeah, maybe you have messed up. Yeah, maybe you've went too far. Maybe you've went too far a lot of times. Maybe you've messed up a lot of times. Well, good news. Your God can fix you, even though you have messed up many times. Amen? That's the good news. Trust Him and watch Him restore you. The deal is, is we want to just stop. <laughs> stop doing it our way and let Him do it. Amen? Do it His way. Marriage done right, you have a 100% chance of being successful if you do it God's way. Marriage does not have a 100% chance guarantee if you do it your way. And living together before you get married is not the will of God. And I'm telling you, it's not setting good seeds in your, your relationship. It's not good. Amen? Now, I'm talking about Christians that do it. Now, if you ain't a church, if you're not a Christian, well, they don't know anyway. They're living in darkness. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. First thing they need, they need Jesus. But if you're, I mean, we got Christians, man, that just live together and do all this stuff like it ain't no big deal. What? What the heck's wrong with that? We don't do that, man. And then we want to come to church and raise our hands and, Woo, Lord, bless me, bless me. Oh, yeah, the devil going to bless you all right. You ain't getting no blessing from God. You can't do this life on your own in the devil's way and you get blessed. Ain't happening. Well, Nathan, my life's going good right now. I'm doing pretty good in the bank. I got stuff. I mean, I got some things. I'm doing good. I mean, heck, I'm, I'm married or, or either I'm living with somebody. Ain't nothing bad happened to me. Yet, the devil don't come and do it all in one, time, one night. He lets you believe the lie for a while. And then he yanks the carpet out from you, and then you hit the floor, bust your nose, and then it's like, whoa, man. Man, God is compelling his church to get right. Man, look, he is in the bedroom with you while you're with your bride. He watches every move you make. He sees everything you do. He sees everything you are about. And God is just saying, look, I already know what you're doing. I know that was a revelation to me yesterday, too, when they said it. I'm going. How can I, how can I cover this up? man? You know what I'm saying? I mean, God, really? Come on. I mean, I knew he did, but it was kind of like it hit me, too. So I understand. I understand the shock and awe, okay? But uh, <clears throat> what God is trying to say is this right here, guys. Is that we need his help. And he knows it. We can get this right, guys. And it don't matter how, how much you've made wrong. It don't matter. Don't focus on the wrong. Focus on what can be with God. God is saying, come unto me, you that are heavy laden, you that have got a lot on you. Come to me. I will give you rest, my child. I will help you. I will give you that rest you need. You know, Hebrews 13, 4 says this, that marriage should be honored by just a few people. Just, just a few people should honor this God's way. Not everybody's held to this thing. You know, if the world says it, you know, if the, if the, you know, the, the pop stars, they say how to do marriage, you can just do it their way. You can take their advice. Mm -mm. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept what? Pure. Pure. Okay? There's a reason why God wants that, because there's safety in this. There's safety in this. Okay? There is protection in this right here. Okay? And I'm talking about this should be honored by all goes for the kid. It goes for the teenager with raging hormones or the 30-year-old that is waiting, dating with a deep desire for mating. You've got to honor marriage. 
You've got to honor it. When the pressure's on and, the, and, and you're there and you're saying, man, everybody else is doing it, man. I want to go ahead and do it. No, 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 no. You've got to honor marriage. Honor it God's way. The enemy's going to try to get you to dishonor it, but you've got to honor it. You've got to honor it. And you've got to say yes. You've got to say yes. Sometimes the way we talk in church to the young people about sex is what? No, no, don't you do that. No, no, don't you do that. That's the wrong approach. We should be saying, wait, wait, wait. Because we say no, no, no all the time, and then they get on their honeymoon and they, woo, woo, they go crazy. And they don't know what to do because they've been heard no all their life. But what if we just said, wait, 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 wait. Okay? Because it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, all right? It's a good thing. Maybe you're here and you have been sexually impure. No shame. God will forgive you and restore you and restore your sexuality. I believe that with all my heart, guys. We've got to start turning this boat around and start heading in the right direction. The world has got to see relationships done right, guys. Men, you need to start loving your husbands. Shut up. No, men. <laughs> delete that. Hey, but y'all are awake. I like it. But listen here. Listen here. Men, you need to love your wives. You need to love them as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for it. Women, you need to love your husbands. I'm telling you, you need to be best friends. You need to serve one another. You need to do life together. Period. Your marriage should be number one outside of your relationship with God. Period. Not your golf game, not the church, not your job, not anything. Your marriage is uno outside of your relationship with God. That means you don't get married and then get back into all your... I mean, man, we fight to get married. Man, we fight to get that woman. Oh, we want her so bad. Then we get her, nail her up on the wall, and then we go do everything we want to go do. That's wrong. We can't do that, young people. You guys that are looking, girls that will be being courted, know this. Make sure it's real. And guys, you make it real. You be real. You treat that young lady with respect. You open her door. You let her in. You keep your hands to yourself. You don't put your hands on her leg. I mean, I wish when that happened that there could be a fish just come around the corner and just knock them out. Like, bam! What are you doing touching me? Don't touch that girl. That's God's daughter you're putting your hand on. And girls, for you too, don't you be letting that boy touch your hand, I mean, your leg. Don't even let him get really close. Have about a 12-inch rule. I'm just kidding. So, I mean, seriously, guys, we just got to be real with this stuff. Amen? Trust God today and begin to do relationship God's way. Marriage is a holy covenant. The choice is yours to have the relationship that is. We want to be Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil-kicking, and covenant-keeping. Marriage matters to God, and marriage should matter to us. Me and Belinda have the marriage we have today because we choose to have this marriage. We choose for our marriage to be this way. It could be another way, but we choose. So, we're going to... We're going to have just a few minutes here. Brandon, won't you come up here? We got a, we're going to do like a little Q&A real quick. We got some people yesterday at the um, EXO conference had a, some questions, some we will not share. Okay? I will not ask some of these questions, I can promise you. There is a podcast that I would recommend for everybody to uh, download. 
on your Apple phone or on your uh, you know, smartphone device or whatever. It's called the Naked Marriage Podcast. Be careful how you type that in. <laughs> it does have naked on it. But these two people here is a husband and wife. They love Jesus, and they really talk about a lot of things that you, know, you don't hear behind the pulpit that are more fitting to talk about on a podcast than on a Sunday morning. So if somebody could get Belinda. Belinda, could you come on? Belinda. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's going to come up here, too, because I'm not going to. If Brandon asks a dumb question, we may do some MMA up here. Actually, I do have a book that you consider a dumb question for you before. There is no dumb question. What's the difference in dating and courting? I've always heard people go, you're going to court and I'm like, what does that mean? Well, the reality is, is dating is an introduction. It really is. I mean, dating is you just basically get introduced to each other. Okay, you're beginning to know each other a little bit. You're beginning to find out some things. It's really what it is. You're dating because really, I mean, you can't court somebody you don't know. And so as you're actually dating, that's the process by which you start making a decision whether you're going to even court at all. So, Belinda, come on. Don't you leave me high and dry. No, no. But that's that's mine. And again, when we date, we should date to marry to some degree. That means that there's a point to where if you're dating for two or three times and you go on a date and you feel that this just ain't right, man, obey that feeling and just get away. Just get away right then. Don't try to push through. Oh, well, you know what? And I'm going to tell you something. You know, being a Christian and you're dating somebody that's not a Christian, that ain't going to work. That's not going to work. So that's, you just got to have parameters set up before you ever start dating because if you don't, you'll find yourself, you, you'll start you know, um, what is it? You'll uh, compromise, and then it can it can end up being bad. I think as far as getting married, uh, and some of you guys out there can shake your head because, I mean, you guys, some of y'all, y'all already blazed the trail, okay? But as far as dating and, and you're talking about say, setting up some boundaries and stuff, um, I, again, staying in safe places, keeping yourself away from places that could actually cause you uh, to maybe do something that maybe you don't need to do. Um, and I think really sex is one of the biggest things that really pulls people off track because you're attracted to that person and if you don't set that stage and you have to be intentional with it um, because if you don't it, it's, it'll be game on and um, so I would just say stay in safe places have accountability partners I mean you know try to surround yourself with some people that you can you know hang out with and stuff like that just try to stay away from places that can be dangerous 
actually bringing new words to people. It's probably the best way to learn that kind of person. That person that you can see how they interact with other people. And even like as an adult, but as an adult, um, when you're dating somebody, I think even when you take them out to eat, I, I learned this in just the store mode thing, like because I have an art store. So if you're interviewing somebody, you may want to take them out. So basically, when you're interviewing your husband or your wife, it's essentially looking like who are you wanting to date. But then when you take them out, watch how they interact with people, watch their mm. responses to other people, yeah. and you'll know what they're going to respond to you, like once they get comfortable with you. Um, but that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. What's the next one? Uh, I just came from baby and yeah. sleeping mode. So and <laughs> I have to say too. So um, she's back there sleeping around. Right you all have, you can text um, 770-864-0797. Lori wants to know. Like, it'll be anonymous. Like, <laughs> but yeah. just if you have any questions in addition to what we asked, just feel free to text that number. Um, how do you get your partner to listen to you? That would be one for you. Yelling and shouting and I think just um, sitting down and calmly, you know, maybe because men get distracted easy. Um, I think I know yeah, with we Nathan, do. like we can go to a restaurant, he'll be watching the TV the whole time while we're sports going on, dog. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> They put that TV for somebody to look at it. You have to literally get their attention, maybe grab their hand and, you know, look, look me in the eyes. I've got something I really need to talk to you about. And just be as open as you can. I don't, I don't know if you want me to do that. Well, <laughs> no, that's fine. For, for married couples, and I'll just speak from a man's point of view, you know, if you ladies are trying to get the man's attention, okay, uh, really just bring him, you know, his favorite drink. With no clothes on. And what's going to happen? I mean, that right there is, is probably going to get his attention. Now, if you're dating and you're in a dating relationship, obviously that's not the way to go. But a lot of times when you're dating, you usually don't have to fight for that, okay? Because when you're dating, you're trying to put on your best. You're always trying to put on your best. So you're going to listen more. You're more apt to listen then than you would after you get married for a little while. So, um <laughs> Is that a good good thing, man? I mean, is, is that right? Is this a dating question? Just any relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that was good. Um, okay, let's get more specific. Just one, has there ever been a time where you're trying to, like, open up to Nathan about something and he's just like, baby, you're just, like, quiet today. Like, you're trying to express your feelings. Well, and he's in just that like, case, nah, I would literally go stand in front of the TV. Yeah. I mean, I would literally kind of be the, I would, if I needed his attention during a game, gotcha. I would stand in front yeah. of the TV. <laughs> and again, to your point, if you're dating, you really this is a good question. This is a good question for you to begin to look at and put yourself in that position as you're dating to see if that one or the other is giving you attention then. Because if they're not giving you attention while you're dating or they're getting distracted in dating, it's more than likely going to be 20 times worse when you get married. Yes, absolutely, 100% yes, yes, yes. You need to go into a dating relationship with questions you want answered. 
Okay, not feelings that you won't met. We want questions to be answered. You need to start writing questions right now. If you're not dating, I don't care. You write questions. This is what I'm going to find out about you, girl. That's what I'm going to find out about you, guy. Okay? And, and because sometimes we let our feelings drive us to a relationship, to a marriage. And I'm telling you, when you do that, you're not going to succeed. I mean, don't go by looks. That's all going to change. Come on, amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It changes. You know, what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It happens. You got something you want to add to that? What is? It's real. Well, it's mean. I mean, I think you should have a healthy. I don't. I mean, jealousy is not good. Okay, it's not good. But I think there's a healthy jealousy that goes on when you're married. Like, you don't want, you know, your husband or your wife just doing whatever with anybody. It, and I'm just talking about even like close conversations because that's how things actually end up growing. And yeah, that's a serpent. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's just that's a sneaky way for the devil to get into your marriage. So you have to be really careful. So I think it's real important not to be alone with the opposite sex um, in person, but on social media. Um, I know for me, um, me and Nathan share. Me and Nathan share a social media page, so nobody really knows who's liking what or whatever, but. Yeah. But I mean, if there was a a cute little girl on something, um, and he was liking or loving the page, I probably wouldn't like it, you know. So it could cause some problems, I yeah. guess. And I've had that has caused problems in our relationship. Okay, I, I coached baseball for years, and there was this girl that she just wanted to talk to me all the time, and you know, it, it got. But I had to talk to these women. I mean, it's the only ones that come to the games. I'm having to talk to these women, you know, and. But but it calls but on social media I have liked some stuff. <laughs> she comes. Uh, <laughs> I need to like what you what you doing? What you doing liking that? Like so it, it 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 does help you. You know you need to have those boundaries. That's why you should share things. You shouldn't do things individually. There's nothing in your life that should be individual. Banking account, anything. You need to be on the same page, and you need to know everything about everybody, man. This is my girl right here, man. And I don't want nothing hidden. And plus, if somebody's trying to attack her. I'm connected with her in every phase, so I can step in and protect her. But if she's on her own and she tries to do something on her own, you know, even maybe if it's a good thing, she could find herself out there and in a danger position. Like she had just recently, she had somebody that, you know, said, hey, look, I need, I need uh, some money. You know, will you go to the ATM? He's in a van. Will you go to the ATM and give, give me some money? Well, she, she <laughs> that ain't good, okay? Uh, and she called me, and I said, look, you just keep driving. Don't you go to no ATM. Are you crazy? Don't you do it. But she was going to go and, and take him somewhere and something like that. You don't do that, okay? So there, there's, uh, that's completely awful. Go ahead. You know. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I heard on a podcast about relationships, and I'm not saying everyone should do this, but um, one thing the couple they would try to do is, like, let's say if, like, I needed to text Lori about something, I would just do it as a group chat and be like, me, Corey, and Lori, you know, yeah. the same 
Absolutely. Just as like an accountability thing. Yeah, especially with Lori. I'm just kidding. How do you pray effectively for your spouse in the middle of a situation that creates bitterness and anger? By faith. Uh, really, I mean, when you are in a situation, and I'll answer it real quick and then you can put in. But if she does something that's caused me to be bitter or angry, Again, I'm not saying everybody's going to do this at first, but you want to try to get into the prayer closet as soon as possible because you're about to really let them know how you feel. And it's probably not going to bring no good results. But basically, just find yourself a place to where you can call a time out and just pray for them um, and ask. You won't feel like praying for them at all, okay? You'll feel like wanting to tell them like it is. And many of y'all have told people like it is. And it feels good for a moment, but it brings great remorse when you do it. There's nothing good going to come out of you speaking your mind. So, uh, and I have spoke my mind. That's why I'm saying this, okay? Felt good in the moment, but I felt terrible. So I would just say get alone in prayer ASAP. And I think it's true for a marriage as well as it is for any, any type of relationship. You have to recognize that it's the devil. You have to mm -hmm. find, recognize who the enemy is. It's really not your spouse. The devil's trying to cause problems in a relationship, whether it's a spouse relationship or a work relationship, any type of relationship. The devil is the devil, and he's always trying to cause problems. So you've got to recognize the enemy first and then just forgive like Jesus forgives, whether you want to or not, quickly forgive, and then pray for them. And, I mean, I think communication is always the best. I would say always this just them and talk to this just happened the other day that I really made her mad. I, I threw away some stuff that I shouldn't have thrown away, and I did it. And when I did it, I knew I was wrong, okay, but I wanted to get some stuff out of our house. Well, she came into the bathroom, and I've already threw it away. It's already in the trash. It's gone, okay? Really <laughs> and then I said, hey, baby, just want to let you know that I threw away some stuff. I cleaned out, and I threw away some stuff, and, and, and I just got rid of some stuff. But I said it in a very cocky way. And like, I can tell you now because it's gone. Yeah, I can tell you now because it's gone. Well, she got mad. And I knew she did, and I said, will you forgive me? And she said, yeah, I forgive you, you know, but, you know, you got to quit doing this or something like that. So, I mean, it's real. We all go through it. It all happens. Um, but, yeah, we, we're still married. We're good. <laughs> but the house is getting cleaner, hallelujah. <laughs> To me, this is a big deal. Um, I think, you know, when you come and you're Christians and you're, you're, you're beginning to join your lives together, you need to ask yourself, um, is that one serving like you're serving? Is that one giving like you're giving? Is that one devoted to God like you're devoted to God? Because, guys, again, I say this all the time, and obviously we, we counseled him and, and Corey and two other couples, and one of the things that I told all the couples is I don't want to spend time viewing all the stuff you agree about, all the stuff you get along about. No, I'm here to pinpoint the things you're not doing together, and it's not going right because that's the thing that's going to be magnified when you get married. So if for some reason you two are not going after God the same way, well, then what's going to happen when you get married, what you're not doing and what the other one's doing is going to become magnified. Follow me? It's just going to become more, more of a problem and an issue. So I just say, that's why I say ask questions and deal with things early on. You. And I think when you, when you marry somebody, you are one, so you definitely need to do things together. I mean, we've done almost 
and you really like you know stages in the church, but um, but I, I mean like like even Brandon and Corey, they're serving in children's church together. Together, that's not necessarily his thing per se. I mean, he loves kids, but I mean he's more I guess of a media guy. I'm more of a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you nerd. He's a good nerd, though. But he does that with Corey because he wants to be a part of what she's doing as well. And I know everything just won't be the same, but but as much as you can, you know, go places together, pray together, read the Bible together. It's really fun to read the Bible together, especially when you've got a lot of words you can't pronounce. And stuff. <laughs> it is fun. Um, I think it's like 12, 11, so I have two questions. Okay. Okay. If I was to give a couple one word, what would you say? I would say love God together. One. Oh, one word? One, one word. Sentence. Okay, one Oh, I got a yeah, sentence. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, that'd be All hard. Right. You're right, love. Uh. <laughs> give me a star. Serve God together. I'm going to do that. It can be a runner. Serve God sentence. together go. and communicate And I was going to say, communicate about everything. Yeah. Everything. Everything, everything. Communicate. Cool. And this one's a little bit more fun. Um, what are y'all going to do with the lists now that Christy <laughs> I forgot to cut them on. I was going to cut them on. I'm going to put them back in our bedroom. Because <laughs> we're married, and we can do married things, and we do do married things. So that's just the way we roll. And. I hope all you other married people out there are doing the same thing. If not, you're missing a lot. <laughs> it's fun. A lot of fun. That's why you wait, 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 and you get married. Because, see, sex together would not be fun if I was married to my enemy. It wouldn't be because there wouldn't be none. But if you marry your best friend, you marry somebody you love, whether there is sex or whether there's not. I mean, she went through a really hard time. Not a really hard time, but she went through some things with her kidney and everything. Well, you know, we had to put some things on the back burner and just love and care for each other. And that's what I'm saying. When you marry your best friend, that's not ever a, an issue because we don't let sex drive us. We let sex be a part of us. You follow what I'm saying? We're together to serve and help each other. And, man, if that happens, that's a bonus, baby. Come on. <laughs> And if it happens, right? Oh, you, you want to? Do we need to close? I mean, because no, like, that was really good. I was gonna say like that's a real preacher thing, right there. <laughs> a dumb question, like what are you gonna do with these lined up lists? <laughs> like so, yeah, but it's uh, it, it's good, guys. And we just want to encourage you guys. We're not the perfect couple, but I'm telling you guys, if you'll just stick with us, you'll run with us. I believe God's got some big things in store for the relationships that are here and for the relationships that will soon come together and be here. Because God don't want none of us to be alone. He don't, okay? But He don't want none of us to be depressed when we are alone. Because we want Him to be our man. We want Him to be our woman. He can be all things to all people about everything. He's good, man, and He don't let you down. Amen? And so if all you get, uh, you live the rest of your life and you're single and you just got Jesus, wow, you ain't never going to find nobody that good. Amen? Enjoy it, embrace it, and watch God do some great things. So... Okay. Uh, one of the books that we gave away at the marriage conference is called The Naked Married, and it's not about you know that who 
it's also talking about being emotionally mobile, being very um, upfront, communicative to your spouse. So earlier he was talking about ask lots of questions before you get married, which is very, very important. But even after you're married, keep asking questions. I mean, you know their favorite color, you know those things. So go ahead and start asking deeper questions, you know, about their feelings. Ask questions like, what do I do that bothers you? What do I do that annoys you? Answer those questions and then you'll see your marriage get better because sometimes you start getting aggravated at the little things that used to draw you together that now are like you're aggravated about them. So you need to keep talking. And to always leave a pathway to talk to each other about things you're struggling with. If you're struggling with pornography, you want to go talk to your best friend about that. And when they do come to talk to you, you need to make space and grace to team up with them. That no longer, no longer is the pornography just your husband's or your wife's problem. It's now y'all's problem together, and y'all are going to get through this, okay? And that's just one. It, it could be many things you could be struggling with. Don't hide your struggles from your, your mate. Don't do it. Express it. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, when, you're, when your uh, spouse, your wife, or your husband comes to you, and they express that, and they lay it on the line, you've got a huge responsibility now. Either you're going to embrace them and love them, or you're getting ready to crush them. Because they've just laid down a struggle. And look, we all struggle, guys. I mean, let's don't, let's don't throw arrows, okay? But let's really, you know, y'all have marriages that are not perfect. You will marry somebody. He's getting ready to marry Corey. Corey's not perfect, okay? Brandon's not perfect. Jackie Red, like, what you talking about? You talking about my boy? I'll walk out of this church right now. I won't never come back. You ain't talking about my boy. But no, she knows. I'm just saying, Brandon and is mature and is is he he is he's a he's close to perfect, but I, I know he's not. Okay, but my point is, guys, is they are going to be faced with something in two weeks. It's going to be life changing, and they need a church family that will get behind them and love them and help them and support them. Okay, they you just do. You see, young couples now, Roby and Cody. Y'all need to get behind this couple right here. I mean, because he's a handful, man. And I'm telling you, God's working in their marriage. God's working in their marriage and doing great things. I mean, God is opening up doors for them that they didn't even imagine. And I hope they'll, they'll share their testimony one day, okay? But the reality is, guys, let's do relationships God's ways, and let's pray for one another. Let's be a light in the darkness. Let's be the relationships the world's need to see. I know we kind of went way long today, but you know what, guys? It's worth it. We're getting better, okay? We are a church that wants to make a difference in this land, in this community, and the way it starts is with strong families. So I, I say this. If you're single, be all the single you called to be. Hallelujah. And enjoy it. There's nothing wrong with it. Man, nobody telling you what to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. You walk in the house. You do what you want to do. When you want to do it. How you want to do it. And enjoy that. But build that relationship with God. Don't waste the time you have being single. Let that be some quality time. Are we good? Y'all get Brandon some, man. He's been, he's been wanting to do this for a long time. You did a great job, man. You did a great job. So we're going to pray over you guys, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, if y'all would, just stand. And, uh, man, y'all been so gracious, and, and, you know, we're good, Maverick. We'll just kind of we'll hit it next week. Uh, we tried to do this. We've been trying to do this for a long time. We're going to do more of these because we want you guys just to – we want y'all to ask questions, and we want to try to bring some answer to you guys. Amen?
So I'm going to have my beautiful wife. We started this series together, and I'm just going to have her kind of pray over you guys, all you married couples, all the singles. We're going to do this right, guys. We're going to get it with God's help. So would you pray for everybody? Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, for every single person in this building. God, we just thank you that you will be with every person. Every person in here is a single person, God. And we just thank you, Lord God, that you will bless each one of us, Lord God with your presence every day. And Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into our lives, Lord God, to lead us and guide us in everything that we do, Lord God, in our relationships with every person on this earth, our parents, our children, our spouses, our coworkers, with every relationship, we just ask you, Lord God, to bless it, lead us and guide us, and let us know how to treat those relationships. And God, for the ones that are seeking to be married god we just thank you lord god for bringing the right person across their path at the right time in jesus name and we thank you lord god that you will help them lord god to see what they need to work on individually lord god to draw that right person to them in the name of jesus and we just thank you for that and we also thank you for every married couple in here lord god that they will be drawn to each other lord god that you would lead them lord god in the things that they need to do to serve their spouse, Lord God, because ser servanthood is going to bring them closer together. And we just thank you, Lord God, for blessing every marriage, every single person. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you guys. Y'all have a great week, and we will see y'all next week. Good job.